It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. So the NFL playoffs are upon us. And once again, my New Orleans Saints got screwed, but whatever. I've parted again with the DraftKings Sportsbook to give you guys a fantastic offer. Bet $5 or more and get $200 in bonus bets instantly by using my promo code DCTV. Of course, the playoffs are going to be great. They just would have been much better if you had the good guys from New Orleans playing. Playoffs are going to be fantastic. I'm going to definitely be watching. And I'm also going to be on the DraftKings Sportsbook using my knowledge to try to get paid. Why not? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my promo code DCTV. Bet $5 or more and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Guys, at the DraftKings Sportsbook, crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P. NY 467369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Budio Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Chris, look up at the camera, though. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Oh, we're putting that in the show. That's the second time you did that. You did that what are you at the talking Apex, about? and you did it again. You don't look at the camera, bro. I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking at the, the screen. Show, are we? Why on the way at show are we constantly telling you 
find your camera. Like, what is it? Oh, that's true. I'm camera shy. It's hard for me to look at the camera. I I like to look at you. I like to look at the person (laughs) I'm talking to. Unfortunately, we're not next to each other. Chris and I did a show back in the Apex locker room, and we just kind of riffed on a few topics. Chris made no friends with Ian Gary. Ian Gary and I are still cool because I was defending him. But we... Well, we enjoy doing it. And Wyman is one of my favorite guys to talk to on camera. I'm constantly in the SmackDown on you on the way in show. I mean, you you you, you get beat up by me constantly. I always the, have the belt. The reason why they bring me on the way in show is to keep you humble. Because you I so? put you in your place a hundred percent. That's what I, I think, that's what I, I get I, from the fans. That's what I get from the producers. They're like, listen, DC's a bully <laughs> when he's on set. Better than everybody on the way in show. But you uh, come in and you put them in place. Mm. And uh, there's been a couple times like I got you so pissed off. You got pretty personal with me on the on the way show. Oh my god, bro! When you and, shocked me with that thing, <laughs> was that not the craziest thing? I don't. Yo, I didn't even think you knew I shot it. you. That was me. That was all me. You were so mad. Let me let me tell yo this dude. You came out and literally just tried to hit me below the belt. You're like. Chris, there's a reason why this is the only show you do, and they don't have you do other things. No, I never I'm said like, that. I'm oh, oh yeah. That. Yes, you did. And everyone, all the fans started defending me. Oh, Cormier, that's messed up. But the thing is, like, I'm cool with that because I don't want to be on any other shows. <laughs> you just want to be Bro. on the show. You just want to be on the show where you get to bully me. That's yeah, it. No, I want to be. If I get to be on a show with Cormier and it's kind of unscripted like that, I'm in. But if you're you know, gonna, hey, a couple times, Chris, I've been a little worried that you might have went too far. There were a couple times where you skirted the line, and I'm like, yo, we got to reel it back in. Here's the problem: you're so loose that you make me more loose than I should be, and it scares me that I'm gonna lose my jobs next. <laughs> I know you definitely have more to lose than I do. So I'm a little bit more free. You know, me me and Dana are cool. I never want to disrespect Dana because he's done so much for me. The UFC has done so much for me. But I also like I'm not doing commentating where, you know, I have to be careful what I'm saying about these guys. I I'm allowed to kind of be a little bit freer than you are. So you are. that's that's uh, it's OK. All right, Chris. Well, what we're trying to do is we're going to talk more frequently about topics in mixed martial arts. Obviously, I do the same thing with Ben uh, on this YouTube page, too. And I figured, why not have both of you guys come on every now and again? First thing I want to talk to you about is something very close to you. Tom Aspinall is the interim heavyweight champion in the world. He fought and won that belt in New York. John and Stipe were supposed to fight. Sergey Pavlovich, all right, I... I will weave a twisted web here, Chris. So you got to yeah. keep up. Sergey Pavlovich was the backup fighter for that Jones Mielch's fight. Jones tears his shoulder. Stipe also gets pulled. Pavlovich, the backup guy, does not just float into the title fight against Mielch's an interim title fight. Tom Aspinall gets called off the couch to fight Sergey Pavlovich. Right? It's the world that we live in. There, you got to keep mm. up. That's good, man. Aspinall then beats Sergey Pavlovich. So now the guy that is the number one contender essentially is out. It is a yeah. new guy, a more dangerous, more scary guy. But at the end of the fight, Aspinall is so overwhelmed and he is so gracious, he forgets about the two dudes that are fighting for the Undisputed Championship, which is universally panned. Everybody thought he missed an opportunity. 
by being so gracious, he should have called those guys out. He did now. He went at Stipe a couple weeks ago, telling him he needed to fight him if Jones is going to be on the shelf. Stipe kind of no-sold it, like, ah, it is what it is. I'm waiting for John Jones. Now he's talking about John Jones, and John Jones says to him, hey, my Stipe fight was booked well before yours came about. You weren't even the backup fighter, Tom. Trust me. You're the one who's coming around here with the inflated ego and your entitlement. It's two long-time standing champions are all on the same page. Jones seemed to have put him in his place, Chris. What do you make of that? What do you make of that statement by the long-reigning champion, John Jones? And what do you make of Tom Aspinall finally seeming to get the memo that the squeaky wheel does get the oil? A couple things go through my head. One, I don't know this. If you're the interim champion, do you get a percentage of pay-per-views on old bouts moving forward as you're defending your interim belt? So here's the thing, Chris. I don't think you get to defend the interim belt. Yes, you do. Who's it? Who, Hennett, who Hennett. Hey, listen, man. Just be, I know you're in the sport a little bit more than me, but, man, I, I got a great memory. Uh, that I'm known okay. for, like, my memory. Hennett Burrell, when Dominic Cruz was on the shelf for a long time, I think he defended his interim belt once or twice before really? there was unification. Yeah, so it, it has happened in the past. And... I don't. I just don't know if he defends it if he gets a percentage of pay per view because that's a that makes a big difference to me because then if he doesn't, of course he's going to be doing anything he possibly can to get into that unification belt as fast as possible. Um, if I he does, okay, go ahead. I don't know that that's true. I don't know because when T.J. Dillashaw beat him and Baral, right? Him and Baral was the undisputed champion. I think they might have just ultimately stripped Dominic. And Henry Burrell became the champion. And then that's why Dominic came back and fought TJ Dillashaw for the undisputed championship when he got back in Boston. Uh, I, that, that's my recollection. I could be wrong. I, I, because you're Googling things right now. I swear I to God, I'm not. Looking down, there's a possibility. You're looking at notes. Luis no, I is promise you, giving you there's information. A possibility, there's a possibility that you're right. I, I am not 100% certain. But I'm just saying, like, I think they might have stripped down because it was like two and a half, three years. But here's the deal. One, to answer your first question, interim champion does get pay-per-view points. That's okay. why you always want to take the interim championship. You, you, okay. Any type of belt, you get in on the on the money. Yeah. The money is much bigger with Jones. I don't know for him if it's much bigger with Stipe. I believe that Tom Aspinall's fighting, wanting these fights, not only for financial gain, though, but also because he wants to validate where his standing in the division because right now you have a champion that won the belt last march was going to fight in november got hurt now these guys are out think about this chris hunter mcgregor said he's fighting international fight week that's in june when will john jones and miocic fight i believe it'll be all the way back in november so you're telling me the guy in time Aspinall who won the interim title has to wait another year just to see those guys fight and not fight again? No, he's going to have to fight someone else. Um, well, I think that the, the best timeline would probably be that International Fight Week card, 4th of July weekend, would probably be the only time where you could have a big event and you could put those guys on the card if, John, if Jones and Stipe are ready to go. 
But that's this is the thing. This is the thing. It's all it is all nonsense. It is all just talk. He's trying to do everything in his power to unify the belt and become a real champion. So he feels like he actually has the belt and he has the ability to fight two of the best fighters of all time. Most people would say that Stephen Miocic is the best heavyweight of all time, and then yep. you got John Jones, who's one of the greatest fighters of all time. So those are two guys that, if he was able to get a win over either one of them, is huge for his resume and his and the rest of his career. So obviously he's going to be fighting everything he to to get those you know to get those um, those fights. But at the end of the day, there's no he's not there's no way that's possibly happening. Like. Stipe is going to uh, – bearing if there's more injuries and stuff, but just take all the injuries out. John Jones has now just had a second surgery. If they, I'm pretty sure these guys, Stipe and John Jones, no matter what, are fighting each other. I think it's even contractually drawn up that that has to be the next fight. So Aspinall could do anything he, you know, in his power to try to get the fight. It's just not going to happen. And is he going to wait all the way to November to have those guys fight and see who the winner is, and then he gets the next – you know, the, the winner of that, to unify. And you don't even know if those guys are going to fight again afterwards. Both have spoke about this, their next fight being their last fight. Aspinall has to fight somebody else. And I think it's going to have to be Cyril Gone, the guy that John Jones went out there and didn't get punched by once. Uh, by So Aspinall is going to have to really, you know, go out there and, and uh, prove himself and defend his interim belt and kind of wait until John Jones and Steve Bay fight. And then we'll see what happens with the belt then. So you know what I love about this? Oh, you're getting good at this. You're getting good at this. Because you know. You know something in that contract that says those two are fighting each other. Because you're, you are, you have a lot of connective tissue with Steve Amy Ultras. So you're getting good at saying things without actually saying things. Nah. I'm, I'm taking note of you right now. Uh, but also, you said international fight would be a big... There's no way Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler fight on the same fight card as John Jones and Steve Miocic. I don't know if there's enough money to go around for all four of those guys to be getting pay-per-view because Michael Chandler has to be getting some sort of pay-per-view to be waiting as long as he's waiting for Conor McGregor in order to fight him. So there's no way that those guys fight each other. You know, it's also a very interesting point that you made. You said he needs to fight Cyril Gaon, right? Do you recall Cyril Gaon when Tom Aspinall fought in Paris, France, no, sorry, Tom Aspinall fought, and then he went to Paris. Cyril Gaon fought Tai Tuivasa, first fight in France. Crowd's going crazy, massive moment. Cyril Gaon is back in the winning column, and Tom Aspinall makes it a point to be in the front row because he wants his moment. He wants his chance to stand in the octagon and make a moment to build his next fight. Cyril Gaon no-sells him, bro. He doesn't acknowledge him. He doesn't get let him in the ring to, to build the next fight. He acts as if he's not there. Is it wrong for Tom Aspinall to do the same thing to him? Because now Tom Aspinall's in the, on the A side. He went from being the B side where Cyril Gaon was the big name. You needed Cyril Gaon as the former interim champion, as the guy that fought for the undisputed title against Jones to help to elevate you, and he no-sold you. Is it wrong yeah. for Tom Aspinall now to go, fuck this dude. I'm not <laughs> fighting him. Right? Like, is it wrong? Nah, uh, I do it. If it's me, I would do it. I'm being petty. I'm being petty. But who else is there? Who, then who would he fight? Is he just going to wait? I mean, he has yeah, to fight somebody. 
Who? Jailton Almeida are one of them dudes. I'm fighting Jailton Almeida, especially after Jailton Almeida fought Derek Lewis the way that he did, and he couldn't finish him when he kept taking him down, taking him down, taking him down. I was fighting Jailton. If that yeah. if that was me, I'm fighting one of those dudes. But I there's no if, money. If, in that. There's no money in that. I'll tell you, both Algon has a big name now, and and so does Aspinall. I think that has to be the fight to make. I don't think he could run away from that fight. It's a very tough fight for both those guys. I got to say, on skill, skill-wise, if you look at that fight on paper, man, that might be the most skilled heavyweight fight we've seen maybe ever. Those guys are both super athletic. They both move like cats. Um, yeah. I'm going to say Aspinall has the upper hand when it comes to jujitsu, and especially after you're watching uh, Saigo Gan and John Jones fight, you're going to think, all right, crazy? he's got to get to the floor. But, was that crazy um, to you? That was, was crazy. That crazy to you? That was so crazy, Jones but... Jones that has done just, that to all of us, too, where he gets you in that front headlock. And, I mean, it's tight, but it's not like – it doesn't feel like it's going to choke you out. It's yeah. like – I was in that position, too, where I was, like, kind of crunched over. It's tight, but maybe it wasn't as tight to us because we're like, we got beat before in wrestling, got caught in headlocks and all kinds of other things, so you felt it. But it didn't feel like he wanted to make me, like, tap out. But I don't know what happens to Tom Aspinall. I know that I love that he's finally – Finally, trying to make it a point to get these dudes to fight him. I don't I don't believe it'll happen. And one of those fights that got announced by Dana White for UFC 300 is Armin Sarukian, who joins us now, and he is going to get to fight Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Armin, how you doing, man? Thank you for jumping on the show. I'm doing good. Thank you so much for inviting. Hey, you know. What's before, up, Armin? Before we go forward, I, I want to talk a little bit about the last fight with Benil Dariush, but not the last fight with Benil Dariush Armin, the buildup, because it seemed as though you guys were more worried about the issues with Bobby Green than the fight with Benil Dariush, and then you have that type of performance. Was there ever a moment during the week where you thought, maybe I got to lock in on the guy that I'm fighting Saturday opposed to dealing with Bobby Green, because it seemed like every day the news was about you two fighting in the hotel lobby. You know, uh, it happened one day, and uh, I left that day, you know, and I didn't think about that that moment because I was focused on my fight and uh, because I was in that position, you know, and go for or go home, you know. So uh, that fight was so so important for me. That's why I was focused and I won that fight. And after fight, I was happy. And uh, uh, especially Bobby Green lost like that. And I was super ex uh, extra extra happy. <laughs> I was going to say that. What did you feel about him getting, like, him losing in the way that he lost? Like, like what did you uh, what did you think of that? I was, I was in the room. I was warming up. And uh, when I saw that, I was super happy. And when I... Walk to arena. I was super, super happy and like. But not, it not almost scared. I won. It's not, not it a was almost I won. It was like almost I won that fight, you know. And uh, I came to a tournament and say thank you so much, brother. I appreciate I, it for your work. Where, really? yeah, where, where did where did that hate between you guys come from? When did you guys start having beef like that? Uh, he was, was talking shit about one podcast. With small, I I don't remember, but yeah. So he he was talking shit about me, and uh, that's why I just I wanted let let him know like 
he can talk shit about us. So we are a little bit different guys. Armin, so you go into the fight with Benil Daryush, and for as good as you've looked over the course of your career, that was the best. Did you anticipate that it would happen in that way? Because you got him out of there in the first round. I, I remember sitting there, and I was thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, Armin Sarukian's always been good, but he's never been this good. You got him out there in one you know, round. You know, because I'm... I grew up every day, so I'm getting better and like, I'm just turned 27. So when I train, I feel like, oh, the last two months I couldn't do this. Now I can do this, you know? And like every like single uh, like day, I feel like I'm getting better. And uh, when I, I'm going to be like 30 years old or 29 years old, nobody can stop me, you know? Were you surprised that you got this fight with Charles Oliveira? Was this the fight that you were uh, kind of anticipating, or? So uh, when I talked to my manager, I told him the best case scenario is gonna be fight uh, with Charles Oliver and then fight for the title with Islam. And I wanted UFC three hundred, and I got it. So I'm so happy. Wow. I'm so excited to fight in uh, UFC three hundred, and especially with former champion uh, Charles Oliver. So it's. Uh, Super excited, you know, and uh, I want to say thank you, UFC, to that for that opportunity, you know, for me. Armin, I gotta ask you: when you were on your way up, right, because you fought Islam the first time on very short notice, and you fought him in what, outside of his loss, has been his toughest fight, especially over fifteen minutes. Did you ever get annoyed at how hard it was to break in? to those types of fights? Like, is this journey on the time frame that you wanted, or do you believe that you've been ready for these types of fights, the Benil Dariushes, the Charles Oliveras, for much longer? Like, you've been ready for this level of competition. This is taking long, because for a long time, it's been Benil, Chandler, Poirier, Gaethje, those guys at the top, and they weren't really willing to fight guys like you or Gamrot and all those other guys. Yeah, so I was around in top fifteen, you know, and uh, they didn't give me someone from top ten or top five, and that's why so I couldn't jump very fast. So I I I beat like everybody from arm ranking top fifteen, like a couple top top fifteen fighters, a couple top ten fighters, and then I got just Benil, you know, I deserve. Hey Chris, I I think his internet yeah. might have went out, but I think he yeah, might I don't know. in Armenia. Hey, I don't know what the internet service <laughs> like in Armenia. You know, what I'm saying? So hopefully uh, he called back. I mean, it looked like it froze. Look, you see that? Yeah, you see yeah. that look? That's that's what the internet looked when you at your house. That's what the you internet know, that, looks like at yeah. your house. <laughs> that's what you look like when you pretend that you're gonna root for him against Makachev. That's that's Bro, that's you your face about? right there. I don't root for anybody. I'm not rooting for anybody. I used to travel to those countries when I was wrestling. And I would go to internet cafes if you wanted to send yeah. emails and all that. You remember the old internet cafes? Yeah, I yeah. mean, couple, it's come a long way since the days of 100%. the internet cafe. Hey, Armin. There he is. Armin, hey, man, go to the internet cafe. Go to the internet cafe <laughs> so that you don't break. <laughs> I can't hear you. We can't hear Armand, you. Armand, your mic. I can't hear you. Your speaker's down. Your mic is off. Your mic's off. 
What about now? Can you hear me? Now oh, we can hear perfect. you. Armin, why don't you just go to the internet cafe? That way you know the internet going to work. Yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, because up. it's a little bit late, you know. It's 9, 9, 9 a.m. or oh, 9 p.m. right now. That's why so I couldn't go. And, uh, yeah, in, uh, in our country, it's so bad internet because I'm in mountain right now. So I, I'm already in my camp and uh, I, I'm working... I'm preparing in mountain place, you know, when I go down after that, my condition is going to be crazy, you know. Hey, it, it, do you guys still have internet cafes over there? Yeah, but really? we got to go down. We got to go down from mountain and like get the uh, cafe and then. You like, know what's messed up? And why moves being an asshole making fun of internet cafes? This guy's no, sick, no, man. No, 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 no. He's a American, Armin. He's a spoiled yeah. American making fun yeah. of the internet cafe. You're a piece I'm of just, shit. I'm your Wi Fi looks pretty good to me, man. That's some high quality. It, I, doesn't Elon Musk, he has some like internet that goes is worldwide. So I feel like you get it no matter where you are. What's that? Are you, are you in Armenia? Soon is going to be good. Armenia? Are you in yeah. Armenia now? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in Armenia right now. Nice. Hey, so yeah. Dana White said that you guys are the number one contender fight. Like, he said that publicly. That's the message that you get. You beat Charles, you fight Islam next? Yeah, definitely. Because if Dana says like that, you know, it's 100%. When he says something, it's like truly, you know, and uh, hopefully I beat Charles Oliveira first round knockout and then, like, get Islam fight for the title and uh, can't wait to that moment. But first of all, I got to think about this fight because it's so important fight for me. Coming up fight is a big fight for me, big opportunity. And then, so I just believe myself and train hard and uh, smart. So just uh, young, hungry. I don't know how someone can beat me. It's uh, It's impossible right now. What do you think of Charles Oliveira as far as the matchup? I mean, he's, he's dangerous on the feet. He's dangerous with his jiu-jitsu. Uh, is there certain fights that you're watching of his that kind of give you a playbook on how you think this fight's going to go down? Like the Makachev fight. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're going to compare Makachev and uh, Oliveira, it's like completely different fighters. Islam is high-level fighter. But Charles, he has... Uh, some more weaknesses. So his weakness, he doesn't know freestyle wrestling. Took him down, it's very easy. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he believes he uh, he's a uh, jiu-jitsu and uh, we need that. So we we need that. He gonna believe his jiu-jitsu and try to uh, um, choke me or whatever. So just, uh, but he has he has a good back mount. He has good um uh, straight punch you know and uh he's uh, very dangerous on uh, on the feet so on the clinch and uh you know you feel like he almost died but you know and second round he go he go there and knock it knock out people so that's why i gotta focus 15 minutes and like if i feel he's tired i i just gotta gotta uh, like be focused you know all fight because he's dangerous uh, uh, last last second too, you know. 
He has what, the power. What, what's your thoughts on his jujitsu? Like, do you do you even give a crap about jujitsu, or are you like right, wrestling's better than jujitsu, samba's better than? Jiu-jitsu? No, no, no. If you if you know wrestling and like jujitsu, how to defend is like completely different game. If we're gonna do jujitsu like without uh, ground and pound, of course he maybe can like uh, get uh, any submissions, but. Yeah, when you punch someone, he can't see, uh, think about like, oh, I gotta like get his uh, arm or whatever. He gotta defend himself, you know. That's why so it's uh, very difficult, and especially high level fighter right now, you know, it's uh, to choke someone is so difficult. Especially when I train with high level fighters, to choke them, it's it's you know you gotta like you know beat him like 15 20 minutes and then when he gets tired you can finish you know but like first two uh, first uh two rounds it's almost impossible to like choke like high level fighter but like yeah it's from did and uh, i believe and uh, i can do that first round and uh, i want to show everybody like I'm the best here. So my goal is go there, knock him out in the first round and like to show everybody I deserve that title fight. I love I love that you always say freestyle wrestling. He always says freestyle wrestling. He never just <laughs> oh. says wrestling. Every yeah. time he talks about wrestling, he says yeah. freestyle wrestling. I believe freestyle wrestling, number one sport. In, yeah, like freestyle wrestling, it's the number one sport. So, you know, Kermia, when I was young, like 10 years old or like nine years old, I was wrestling. So uh, I was wrestling and like I saw your video when you wrestled in Dagestan and when you <laughs> fought like when you punched the, like Dagestan guy like <laughs> uppercut and I thought this this guy got to be an MMA fighter and like in 3 or 4 years he turned to MMA and I said oh he's going to be good fighter so yeah That's funny Armin yeah, before so. we let you go Islam said, I was going to say, when you were listening to all these fights, right, and how you wanted the match next, it was everyone but Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje would seem to be lost in all this. But then today, Islam said he wants to fight Justin in June, the winner of you and Charles in October, and then he wants to come back again at the beginning of next year. What do you make of that statement from the champion? You know, I think he should wait us because we are we are gonna be contender number one, and hopefully they're not gonna book that fight for the summer, and uh, they're gonna wait us and like uh, after when I win, I'm gonna fight with Islam, and then we can talk about uh, uh, Gage. You think that Islam? So is because like- I feel I feel like we are next. Uh, Gage gotta wait us. Gage gotta wait October. Okay, we're gonna fight for, uh, uh, for the title in summer. Me or who who wins? Me or Oliveira? So, so we are we fight, are both believe. You want to fight in April, then back again in like the summer. You want to be available back in like July after you fight in April at UFC three hundred. Who knows? Maybe I'm not gonna get hurt and like fight in uh, July. Do you think that you and Islam are just far ahead of everyone else? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> hey, hey, dude, so matter of fact, Armin. Yeah, last man. Thing, last thing, Armin. You're in a gym where, at American Top Team, where there are guys at 155. Dustin Poirier being yeah. one of them. What do you what What do you do in those situations? Whenever it becomes, possibly, you guys having to fight for something 
you know, that could be a UFC championship. Uh, you know, now uh, American top team fighters in 155, they, they, they don't want to fight me because they see how I train. But you would fight them? Uh, me? I do, but them, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. They're going to fight with me. Oh, man. I love it. I love this it. Dude is That's intense, awesome. Chris. Armin I love Charouche it. Those, those poor 155ers at American Top Team just looking the other way. When Armin comes <laughs> no, they're, the they're good fighters, but I believe like they don't want to fight with him because I'm supposed to fight Grant Dawson. I'm supposed to fight maybe like Poirier. Poirier said no. Like that's and uh, when I was in top fifteen, my counter accepted that fight, but he pulled out. So, but anyway, right now, like I feel like I'm in different level. So, and yeah. they they feel like too. Uh, they feel that too. This Do you spar these guys? Do you guys spar each other in the gym? The no, 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 no. Ask that, Chris. You can't ask about gym sparring. Yeah. You cannot ask that. No, no, no. It's just a yes or no. I'm not asking as uh, well. We train together. Yeah. That's enough, okay. Armin. Armin, I'm, yeah. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop before Chris tries to cause gym issues. Because that's what yeah. he's doing. He's a shit starter is what he is. Armin, it's Charles Oliveira. Win Charles Oliveira title shot for you, man. Thank you so much for popping on with this. Good luck in your training camp. And I can't wait to see you fight at UFC 300, man. You are a very, very exciting guy in the division. Thank you so much. I'll see you in uh, T-Mobile Arena. Yes, we will yes, definitely sir. be there. Good luck, brother. Good luck, bro. Thank Stay you. Safe. You too, guys. Bye. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. Chris, this dude Yo. right here is intense. This is intense. intense. You like him, don't this, you? I like him. I, he's so good. I mean, you watch him fight. He's just so good. I, I, I mean, you go back and watch that Makachev fight he had when he was 22 years old. Now he's 27, five years, five years removed from that fight. Now Makachev is 32. Who improves more, the 22-year-old who's very raw and now he's 27 yeah, or the 27-year-old who's now 32? Who improves they, more? I'm not picking. I'm not picking, yeah. but I believe that these dudes uh, – Um, I believe that these dudes actually are just getting better and better and better. I mean, hell, you saw Makachev improvements from – the first Volkanovski fight to the second Volkanovski fight. We saw yeah. this dude get better. It, you know, yeah. he lost yeah. to Gamrot. I don't know that Gamrot beats him again if they fought again. I don't know. It was a very close competitive fight. Gamrot's so good, too. Dude, Gamrot. All, what these, are, those, all these, these three guys, they all have amazing wrestling. They all have amazing top control. And they all could strike now. It's, you know what I, they're, they're all so good. For me, I love that the, the the guys that have been essentially the keepers of the top five at, at lightweight are now fighting these mm. younger guys. Because Dustin's going to fight Benoit Saint-Denis, who's an absolute killer. Then you got him fighting Charles Oliveira. At some point, Justin Gaethje fought. Justin Gaethje just fought against Busy. Rafael Fazeev. So it's he like, was the first one. He was the, he was the he first. He deserves credit. He was the, the first seal. one. Yes, and he, he represented. It, because the, the talk was like, are these guys even that good anymore? Are they just big names? Yeah. You know, they're and he, won. And, and he proved, you know, they're still being these up and comers. Yeah, absolutely. Big. Chris, before I let you go, bro. Hey, you got a fight announced against Bruno Silva. He just fought against a shower bullet. Uh, have you had any chance to look him up yet? And and honestly, Chris, I mean, could I be honest with you? I didn't be honest know, with me. I didn't know 
that you were going to continue. I thought the journey was getting back to the octagon. I didn't know if you were going to just kind of have another part to your career. It seems like that's yeah. the case now. Yeah, me honestly, I I wasn't sure either. Uh, I'm setting myself up, uh, up for the future, um, and I wasn't sure. I was kind of listening to my body, just trying to get healthy mentally and uh, like motivational wise. Um, and and technique wise, I still think I'm, you know, top top in the world. Uh, but my body's just taking a beating, and. Um, this could be my last fight, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of make that decision throughout the training camp, seeing how I feel if my body could handle a hard training camp again, and uh, it might be might be the last one. It might not be. It is actually the reason why I even I took this fight pretty quickly. It didn't even matter who it was because it was offered and it was offered in Atlantic City, and yeah. uh, that's Post where home. I started my that's where I started my career was Atlantic City because at the time MMA wasn't legal in New York, so the New York guys had a fight in the ring combat in Atlantic City, Jersey, and uh, so I think it was I, th I just think it would be pretty cool to go back there where it all started, um, yeah, and see how I feel. You know, listen, obviously it's, it's a good payday. Uh, see how my body feels, and we'll go from there. But you said even in the last fight, you felt like when you were saying the first thing I'm going to do is throw this leg kick as hard as I could. You said that there were some thoughts, though, when you got in there. Like, <laughs> do I really? You're like, eh, I don't know. It was just, it wasn't even the thoughts. It was I couldn't get myself to throw that kick. If someone kicks you in the leg, the first thing you, you learn is, well, one, you want to punch it when they're kicking, right? Or two, you check and then you come back with a kick. As soon as he kicked me, I want to come back with a kick. I had I was hesitating. I couldn't do it. I saw his shin there, and I was just like, I, I I hesitated with it. And I kind of don't like. I, I didn't like that. So I'm really gonna work in this this fight camp. Is you know dealing with light kicks. Now I know these guys are gonna be coming after my That's legs. That's all they're gonna do is try to kick and me in the leg. A hundred percent. And and going to that fight, I really didn't expect that, which is kind of. Silly when you look back and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but uh, I'll be more prepared for that. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I want to feel that right now, getting all your testing done and everything. Yep, I'm out in Vegas right now at Airbnb, and I'm getting uh, all the different testing done. You know, DEXA scans and VO two max and all that stuff. Taking advantage of everything the UFC has to offer to get myself ready to go. Yeah, Chris, thank you, man. I appreciate you getting on. Hey. That boy, hey, that, that boy, Armand is the man. Yeah. We had a great conversation on Tom Aspinall. Yeah. Guys, two weeks, two weeks, and Chris and I will be back together doing this again. Hopefully, Let's you guys go. tap in. Hey, like, subscribe, tell your friend to tell a friend that DC's got a YouTube channel. I got friends like Chris Wyman on. Go, go like Chris's YouTube channel too and watch. Yeah, all the subscribe content. to mine too. I'm going to start putting some content out there. Try to give my boy, give my try boy. to rival with my boy DC. Yeah, give my boy a like and a follow, Chris, because I'm telling you, Chris, this is YouTube. They got money in YouTube. Hold yeah. on, man. <laughs> let's go. Guys, until next time. Peace. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.